welcome back to another episode of the Let's Get Chatte podcast. My name is Taylor and today I am joined with a guest. So may you please introduce yourself, your name, your age, where you were born, as well as an odd or quirky trait about you that no one else knows. Sure. Hello, my name is Maya Maishiro. I am 20 years old. I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, and my arms are like unproportionately long to my body, which allows me to play the ukulele. Which that's what I that's what I think. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> definitely a unique trait. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's, really funny. I think like for me, I found out in um, I think it was seventh grade that I'm like uh-huh. exactly proportional. So oh, that's awesome. I have the opposite problem. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> or it's not a problem, but <laughs> I used to like always get dress coded oh, in school uh-huh. because like my arms are so long. So like my middle finger, you know how they like measure where your middle finger ends yeah. if you wear like shorts? Like it always seemed like my shorts are super short when in reality my arms are super long. <laughs> that's not even fair. That doesn't <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that so funny. I'm I'm glad we bonded over our our <laughs> proportions, physical traits. <laughs> yeah, proportions. Um, so Maya and I, uh, we met through Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure when I actually found your page, but I'm pretty sure like what kind of enticed me the first time was just like your ukulele playing skills. Obviously, thank you. Um, it was so cool and neat just to see that and I mean like um and I also played the ukulele for about like three years in middle school so I think that's about the time I was more like interested so um and then yeah I like dm'd you one day and Mm -hmm. asked if you could come onto the podcast and luckily Mm -hmm. you said yeah so so it's so cool to have you here no it's so awesome to be here um so I actually asked you this earlier and I asked if I could um just check in with how you're doing mm-hmm. like on a mental health level so um yeah how are, how are you doing right now uh I think as good as can be I had no idea I think most of uh, every one of us had no idea that life would be like this or how everything turned out to be what I think we just never expected all of our lives to turn out this way in 2020 um, but I've been making the mm-hmm. most out of the extra time uh because of the pandemic, I was unexpectedly unemployed, but that turned out to be mm. kind of a blessing because now I can just focus on school and passion projects and my hobbies. Um, but mm-hmm. otherwise, yeah, I've just been focusing on trying to balance my life and not freak out too much about the small things. Yeah, no, I think that it's, um, I think a lot of people are spending a lot more time with themselves and I totally like agree with that too like um I transferred schools this year so mm-hmm. I was unemployed in that way um uh, and then where were you going yeah so I was going to school in northern California area as like a small Christian oh, school wow. and then yeah and it's nice. uh pretty pretty like and out the of the pandemic. way it's like yeah the, the pandemic hit and <laughs> came back in March um and like luckily they were really flexible and I would I had a job for um a bit of time and then because I transferred obviously you know had to leave that job 
um, because I was like employed yeah. at the school. So, um, and then I found another job, but that didn't end that well. And yeah, I was, so I, I totally get it. Nice. Totally get the feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a year of transitions. It's like testing mm. all of our barriers. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely a big test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm sorry that it all turned out the way, but welcome back home. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I find a lot of good things about it too, right? Like being with family and, yeah. and like that. So, yeah, so... I'm, but yeah. overall, you're doing pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I think pretty good. Uh, yeah, definitely. I enjoy being at home. I'm kind of a homebody, so I'm secretly enjoying <laughs> this more than I should, maybe. <laughs> but how have you been doing <laughs> um, in all this? I'm interested. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, oh, first of all, I kind of want to ask you though, like, what, yeah. what's your, if you know, if what mm-hmm. your sixteen personality test is? Ooh, I did this once. Like a while ago is that the one with the acronym of the letters yeah so i'm a enfp oh i want to say is this it is this one like intj yeah i think so i i remember like that being mine i can't say for sure so don't quote me but maybe i need to take it again but i remember it being super accurate oh but i, oh, I wish i remembered i wrote it down I'll let you know after this, and then you could probably take it again. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, because I was just wondering about that E and the I part. Oh, yeah, okay. I think, yeah, I can't yeah, say Yeah, because sure. that's like extroverted, introverted. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm pretty sure I have the I. But I come mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. as an E sometimes, but really I'm like an introverted homebody. <laughs> mm, like a extroverted introvert, is that what they yeah. say? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like I enjoy socializing, but yeah. I I totally feel that way too. I'm like exactly the same. <laughs> um. So I guess we'll just go into the questions now. Okay. Um. But so I guess first of all, since I did message you in the beginning, mainly mm-hmm. about you know ukulele and your background with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did your passion start for playing the ukulele? Mm-hmm see i always kind of grew up hearing it um my cousin is actually jake mm-hmm. shimabukuro um, so i got to that's your cousin yeah he's my second cousin <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird because we like i never i met him like a few times when i was a kid but we never like got together or like mm-hmm. played the instrument together so a lot of people think my brother and i mm. like got to learn everything because we're related but in reality it must be in the blood or something um but like, my brother was really inspired by Jake, of course, and got to learn a little bit from him. Mm-hmm. And I was just inspired by my brother, and I was able to grow up hearing him play it all the time. Uh, but my mom made us both take piano for a little while, so I always enjoyed the musical aspect of that, but never really got into the instrument. And then when she felt I was ready, then she allowed me to also pick up an ukulele and learn from my brother. So it was around when I was 10 years old that I really started practicing and playing with him. And then we started playing on the sidewalk of Waikiki for like pocket money. Oh, yeah. yeah and that's yeah. when I like really got into it. I was like, it's I enjoy playing it as an outlet, but just being able to perform and like entertain people, like introduce another aspect of it to me. And that's kind of what brought the passion into it. I, that's when I was able to see it as not just a hobby, but something that maybe I could turn it into a career or like something more serious. 
and then it kind of just budded into some sort of like musical journey from there Mm, yeah I think I've seen I haven't I don't know if you've posted more videos but I've seen like your YouTube Mm -hmm. um and then you've done some videos with your brother as well right yeah exactly yeah I posted one um like five or six years ago of us playing wipeout yeah mm -hmm, I remember that yeah that was that was really fun Um, but a couple years or a couple months ago we got to do a high sessions video and like redo our wipeout Um, but it's just always fun playing with him but we never got to do it as much just because like he wasn't super into he was in high school so of course it's like not he's not going to be super into playing with his like younger sibling on the side of Waka Waikiki (laughs) for too long (laughs) but but that's where it all started Uh (laughs) what are your um you talked about Wipeout and how you recreated that like do you Mm -hmm. have any like specific Mm -hmm. favorite songs that you like to play yeah Wipeout was just fun because that was like the first song I actually learned that was fast and exciting and mm-hmm. not something that was just to like practice theory. But I really enjoy playing the song While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Uh, it was originally written by, yeah, George Harrison, I believe. And then redone by lots of famous artists like Santana. But I just really like songs that are able to portray emotion and theory. Uh, but recently, I've, I've been inspired by all sorts of genres. But that's definitely my favorite, that song in particular. Do you have a cover of it? Like, I'd love to share it in the show notes if, I do. if possible. Ooh. Actually, I don't know. There, it must, it might be on the internet, but uh, I don't know if I ever posted one. Actually, oh no, I did actually on my Instagram recently. Okay, I just, uh, yeah, yeah. So definitely check that out. But that was like a, I did a performance for the show called Hawaii Stars, and they're trying to. Like produce shows even in this pandemic to sort of like uplift anyone's spirits mm. but it was kind of weird because it was a pandemic performance per se where like there was no one in the audience <laughs> except for <laughs> yeah like four people so it was weird it was like having to learn how to perform and not rely on like the energy of the audience but just like create my own energy it was really fun though Mm, I feel like you have this natural energy to you like even if there's no audience I feel like you're you'd be able to pull something together thank you thank you I hope so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's definitely I think um especially if you've always had it seems like you've always had like a natural musical um gift and inclination so I think that kind of comes naturally with just performing and like playing an instrument thank you I used to get in trouble a lot actually or not really trouble but when we would play on like the sidewalk or get more into performances when I was younger Mm -hmm. I guess like I had a problem of looking really grumpy anytime I'll perform (laughs) I guess yeah I just like to play but I I never yeah exactly I had an RBF like from a young age (laughs) and like people would even comment like she looks like she's being forced to perform or like is she okay but in reality like I, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> oh my but goodness. I've, yeah. been, I've been working on that. I've been working on that. But yeah. <laughs> At least RBFs kind of give you like that natural model look. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Otherwise, I just look angry at my instrument. But I'm working on it. <laughs> so I remember. So we talked about like 
school and just how that path mm-hmm. has been for you and especially just because mm-hmm. I really wanted this podcast to talk about school and college mm-hmm. and just like everything related to that and and the typical route of graduating spans like for four years right so mm-hmm. for you what was it like yeah. graduating early at 16? Oh that was very interesting um, I'm gonna to be honest, I actually wasn't on track to graduate on time. Uh, I was mm. always transferring in between schools, and I had a problem. I'm not exactly sure why, but like sitting in a classroom all day was kind of difficult for me, especially when mm-hmm. I was like transferring schools and didn't have a really solid set of like a, a social group, that which is, like, is very important, I feel like. Yeah, but um, so I wasn't set to graduate on time. And then when I was at McKinley High School, I stumbled upon this program called Kupu, which uh, specializes in like college internships and also alternative high school program. It's called HYCC, which stands for the Hawaii Youth Conservation Corps. Basically, they offer a high school alternative that spans over six months. So as long as you're 16, no matter what grade you are in high school, you can basically unenroll from traditional schooling and enter into that. So I went from like a 16 year old who wasn't on track to graduate on time to one who was graduating like two years early or like one and a half years early. Mm. And I kind of wasn't ready, but at the same time, it was really nice because I always had this feeling like, although high school is a very important time in my life, I didn't think I needed to be there for the full four years. I felt like there was something missing. And with Mm. Kupu, I was able to sort of explore what I wanted to do after high school, as well as to get more into my education and understand the importance of that. Like, while it's also like, being involved with volunteerism, because the curriculum was focused in volunteerism and outdoor work and cultural preservation. Um, but I definitely think it gave me a head start mm-hmm. in like knowing what I wanted to do and starting college early. Um, and. I can definitely see where it would set me back socially because I didn't have like the same experience of like graduating with people I knew completely. But at the same time, like because it was an alternative program, it was really like close knit. So I ended up graduating with like seven people and we ended up being so close even to this day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just an experience that I'm really thankful for. Yeah. And I definitely wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that. Yeah, so this was the first time I heard about this um, kupu and kokua Hawaii, which I briefly looked yeah. up online, and it has like this statement of building a brighter future for Hawaii's youth. And um, mm-hmm. they briefly explain how kupu, which means to sprout or to grow in Hawaiian, has a twofold mm-hmm. mission to preserve the land while empowering youth. And so mm-hmm. my question for you is, what in what ways do you think this program taught you to grow? And I know you kind of touched upon that, but I guess specifically what this yeah. program has taught you. Mm. Well, totally right about this to sprout and to grow. And it sort of has like a continuation to the meaning. Kupu is also short for like the kupu kupu fern, which is really interesting. It's the first plant to grow after mass devastation. Mm. So like on the big island or any one of these islands, if there was like a huge volcano that just dist- uh, like explosion that destroys everything mm-hmm. after all the ash and everything you, the kupu kupu fern is the first thing to pop back up 
So it's sort of like that in a personal sense where Kupu like said, no matter what happened in your traditional schooling, no matter your past or whatever, we're here to help you to clear that and to sprout up again or to grow again um, from your ashes, so to speak. Mm, yeah, it's a metaphor. Exactly. And they taught me that my drawbacks weren't necessarily a disadvantage, but being able to learn things in a different light or having a different perspective on things is actually an advantage to be able to like find my own like, method of learning, which was interesting because mm-hmm. like I had always thought I was just like so bad at math I just or certain subjects mm. that I, I just couldn't see it the way it was being taught to me when in reality there's just so many other ways it could be taught and like giving up early was only failing myself so they allowed me to be able to discover my own way of learning um, as well as to like keep myself in check and keep others in check like it in high school traditionally it's kind of like this rat race or almost a competition daily which adds to the like mm-hmm. regular stress of just being in school but with kupu it was yeah. so close-knit that like we sort of all had to be the buoy for each other if like one went down the entire class went down because like we all relied on everyone's work in the field in order to finish on time and we were just all like in such close quarters all day that we had to make sure everyone was doing all right and we just like had to make sure like the other everyone else was keeping the entire boat afloat and I think that was a really valuable lesson. Yeah, I think like it kind of quote unquote forced you to really reevaluate things because Yeah. I think that's why I love like close knit learning, um, mm-hmm. like systems and environments. Like like for me growing up I always really wanted to get out of Hawaii just because I mm. always thought it was too small and um, I kind of had, you know, this bigger, better mindset, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's crazy because just when COVID hit us um, in America, like mm-hmm. I had to quickly just come back home and didn't really have a lot of time to process things. I just went on the next flight home and yeah. really made me appreciate Hawaii a lot more for its, you know, smaller environment because yeah. I can't imagine like being out there on my own right now because you know everybody's isolated everybody has to spend has to be by themselves like alone and especially like during the winter I can't imagine that yeah I know I'd be I'd get kind of depressed not gonna lie yeah yeah no totally and I think even now I mean that's totally relatable for people living here as well I think that it's a little bit better though just because of the close community we already have here in Hawaii exactly yeah there's no place like it here for sure um so I know you express your um interest in outdoor learning sustainability and conservation and um from what from what you were saying it sounds like it stemmed from the kupu program um but have you taken it a step further and like what have you been doing like recently related to that yeah uh, see after I graduated from Kupu I actually like took part in the other programs they had other than like, the high school alternatives so I applied mm-hmm. for their exchange program 
it's it's called the Blue Waters Exchange. So basically, you had to be a Kupu alumni from anything, college internships or、mm. the high school alternative. And they sent up like five of us to go to California、uh, and Tahoe and just basically do this road trip where we met like、uh, other individuals from that area and relayed our Ohia Lehua problem in Hawaii to the pine tree problem that they have there in California. And then basically exchange、mm-hmm. information on how we can improve on that. And we were like honorary members of the National Forestry Service, and we were able to basically replant hundreds and hundreds of pine trees in order to help with their reforestation、wow. efforts. And then that group there came back to Hawaii a year after that and did the same thing for us here. I think that was the biggest environmental thing I did since then. But otherwise, it's just been, I've just been trying to like garden at home. It's basic, but. Like, I didn't really understand the importance of doing that or being individually sustainable until graduating from the programs at Kupu.、Um, also, like with、uh, the Miss Hawaii organization, I was able to、mm-hmm. sort of relay that experience there. And we do, we do have some programs there where we will go to the Big Island and plant more trees、uh, like、for the other contestants, like koa trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milo trees, and that also that doesn't just promote sustainability, but I mean, hand in hand, it also promotes lessening our carbon footprint in terms of climate change. That's it's just been small things here and there, but ultimately, like all these things do make a difference somehow. Well, that's why I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's it's kind of crazy that you're like hitting all these points, like I. You're you're a natural, honestly, <laughs> on like podcasts. Thank you. But、um, I guess just to go off on that, like, yeah, I think that's incredible, like what you're doing, because、um, I think when people look at just how they can help the, you know, their their environment, it's it's like this big thing and this big problem, and people feel like they can't really do anything to make a difference. And、uh, mm-hmm. I know we briefly talked about just climate change and how that's happening, and. Um, in our world today,、mm-hmm. and I, I quickly looked up some stats、um, on NASA actually,、mm-hmm. and how it was talking about、nice. the evidence of climate change and how the planet's average surface temperature has has raised for about like about two point oh five degrees Fahrenheit since the late nineteenth、mm-hmm. century, and how that's been driven by the increase in CO two in the atmosphere. That's you know、mm-hmm. also driven by by us and what we do. Um, and they also、Definitely. talk about how the ocean, which is basically you know what is characterizes Hawaii, and so the ocean has、mm-hmm. absorbed much of that increased heat with the top hundred meters of ocean just showing、um, warming evidence. So, just going off on、It's、that、really、and what you know about、um, climate change, like what、mm-hmm. are your opinions on that, and do you think that? We as individuals can truly make a difference in that regard.、Mm. I am, I am, honestly, get so scared when I think about climate change like too much、mm-hmm. and the oceans rising, especially because we're in Hawaii and yeah, like we could just I I just imagine us being swallowed by the ocean sometimes and like the、mm. king tides.、Um, but I, th- I definitely think that we can make a difference. Um, and that it's there's no better time to do that. Like we actually, it's imperative that we do start to make a difference somehow,、um, because we're just like digging ourselves into this bigger hole, if not.、Um, yeah. 
And it, I think if we get like too worried about making this huge difference, it stops us from seeing like all the tiny things that we can do that we can integrate very easily into our daily lives. Um, like I can definitely do more myself, but I started like trying to plant my food and like grow my food, even though I live in like a tiny studio. So it's really hard to garden just like many of us. It's not the easiest thing to be able to just grow everything we eat. Yeah. But as much as we can, I think that's important. And simple things as just like unplugging things when we're not using them. You know, I'm, I'm sure like we've all heard this, but it's just really important if we just all do this small part, it definitely mm-hmm. will make a difference. Um, and of course, if we have the opportunity to like plant a bunch of trees with our friends, then that's something that definitely would not hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out more ways to sort of make a better and bigger impact on preventing this. But like I, I think it's something I always also need to research more daily, but it's the small things that I'm trying to do and implement within my lifestyle. And like even small stuff as like eating less meat or things that are mm-hmm. like processed or even just like not wasting our food and like making sure that we eat everything we buy would just help with yeah. like, the landfills, mm-hmm. which ultimately affects like the climate change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think key word is prevent mm-hmm. prevention. Exactly. Because, um, and it prevention is it can be done in multiple ways. You know, it doesn't have to always be this big thing. Like, yeah, it'd be great to be part of an effort that grows more trees, and I think that's definitely something I would definitely want to look into in the future. But mm-hmm. um, even like you said, like small as planting your own food or for me I um my family and I have really tried to use reusable bags whenever we go out and shop and um I know that there's like a little bit of a conflict right now just because of COVID and um don't know exactly how that's related I guess it's like a germ thing um that could transfer but um you know that and reusable water bottles like that's pretty simple a lot of people sell that now even at places like tj maxx like it's super cheap there and yeah um so yeah i totally agree with that i think it's yeah it's it's actually really exciting now that i can it's kind of hard actually to find a place that will give you a bag which i think is really awesome although sometimes like i that bites that bites me in the butt because i get a lot of stuff at once but and don't bring a bag sometimes but it's really awesome to see that we're cutting down on plastic use (laughs) can help it with these small steps but I think that's also how it's how it started like people thinking that small things didn't affect the environment but in reality like seven billion of us having that mindset is what resulted in this like issue so by us all switching that and like juxtapositioning it into like us doing good little small things we can definitely turn it around I guess to relate it on a more practical or more personal um experience it's like it's kind of like everyday life, right? It's it's kind of the small things that always add up rather than the big things sometimes. Exactly. Which, exactly. yeah, it's very prominent in everything that we do. Exactly.
Um, so at this point, I do want to talk about Miss Hawaii teen because you already mentioned it, which <laughs> <Sorry>. is <laughs> I love how you like were able to interweave that. No, no worries. Like it was perfect. Um, I'm trying to work on like making the transition no, smoother, but honestly, like it's it's sometimes like really hard. So this was something that was really cool to me, other than obviously the ukulele part of like your background, but um, you did, I'm not sure what year it was. I think you mentioned it at the top for, you ran for Miss Hawaii Teen yeah. and you won. And mm-hmm. so, 2017. yeah, 2017, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> it, it feels like yesterday, to be honest. It, was, it does, it, me too. Um, yeah, that was, so that was actually when I was in Kupu. Um, so part of Kupu's program is you can't graduate uh, unless for like the last several weeks of the program you have to either mm-hmm. get a volunteer job or actually actually no I think you have to get a regular job so uh, I had already had a job when I started in Takupu mm-hmm. but for this I was going or I was working at Arcadia Retirement Residence so I was also mm-hmm. able to apply that to Kupu on my graduating curriculum um, but like basically I was super stressed out one day after working because like Kupu took a lot of energy out of me. And then yeah. like right after that, I had to like bicycle to Arcadia as a, and I was a waitress. <laughs> and then wow. like, after that day, uh-huh. I was just, I was like kind of exhausted. And then I was stressed out because I really wanted to go to college um, because Kupu was about to end. Um, but because I was graduating early, I didn't get to really plan on how I was going to finance my education. Of course I could like have applied for, like FAFSA and stuff but like I just I didn't know my options really but I was biking home and it was maybe about nine or ten and then I got home they put on uh, Miss Congeniality the movie with Sandra Bullock I love that movie (laughs) (laughs) and then like I just like plopped on the couch with my work uniform and I started scrolling through the explore page on Instagram and then of course I should have been thinking more about how I was going to pay for college but sometimes I just get distracted <laughs> but it worked out in my favor because I was I was scrolling I saw this little square I tapped on it and it was the Miss Hawaii's Outstanding Teen competition deadline for contestants was extended um, mm. and like I had I had seen it at the perfect time and all I saw was scholarship 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 so I was like yep I watched Miss Congeniality just now I'm ready for this <laughs> when in reality I had I had no experience <laughs> I like uh-huh I was just so used to like being in a titabun all day and then having to like be a waitress after that. But nonetheless, like I saw the application, I immediately sent in like all the forms. So it was like midnight mm-hmm. by this time. And then like I used my like the first time I used my savings from work was to like put in the contestant, you know, you have like your entrance fee. And then I mm-hmm. woke up my dad and I was just like, I need you to sign this, it's for a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really he was entering me into the Miss Hawaii team competition. But he was just like, okay, whatever. And then, like, an hour later, uh, the lady got back to me. And then I was mm-hmm. entered in. And that's how it all started. Um, sometimes we make the best de- decisions of our lives when we're, like, delirious and it's midnight. And that's one of them for me. <laughs> that is so funny. I, I actually <laughs> got goosebumps while you're telling that because I think <laughs> my experience was similar. um nice like for me I think it was I was in my library um at Kalani High School and Mm -hmm. and I saw like a flyer 
um, yeah. going upstairs. And I don't know. I was just like, <laughs> I looked at it and I think it was talking about like scholarships and stuff. And um, yeah. I also thought back to like how when I was like really young, um, my grandma mm -hmm. used to used to say to me like, oh, my gosh, like one day you should try to be like Miss Korea or something. And like, obviously, That's I awesome. can't do that because I'm not a citizen there. <laughs> um, but I just thought back on that. And I was like, that'd be kind of funny, like if I tried this and um, exactly That's like awesome. you, it was kind of just spontaneous. Yeah, but that's the best. That's when you don't have yeah. time to worry about it and you just go in. Yeah, <laughs> I, totally yeah I think it was an extended deadline too, actually, if I'm if I'm correct. That's awesome. It's Yeah, I'm really lucky that they extended that. It was just really serendipitous. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. like it was made for you in some ways. That's so cool. Thank you. I'm sorry, which... Yeah, so... Uh -huh. you, you, went, you entered into the USA organization, right? Yeah, I was just going to talk to you about that. I think, yeah, you were saying That's that awesome. you did Outstanding, right? And I think I, I did the, the other one where there's no talent in it. Yeah, involved. okay. Yeah, the USA... So they, those are basically, like, the top two prominent organizations from what I know. Um, I just know the Miss America organization was like the or the Miss America pageant was like the first pageant and then the USA followed soon thereafter. Oh but, yeah I'm not sure entirely of like what different branches they have but I all I know is like the main yeah. difference is your organization had a, a talent portion and then yeah the one that I was in was like they based it off on um, your interview, like pre-interview before the performance. Oh, and then, yeah. Um, they also did just like how you looked that day and how you present yourself. And then they do like top eight or something and then top five, top three. And then see. for those top five or three, they, they ask questions. Nice. Did they ask oh, you I questions? For yours? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... We had an interview beforehand, and then we have that on-stage mm -hmm. question. Um, but talent mm, was definitely okay. talent was like thirty-five percent of the score. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then we also had evening oh. gown, of course. But yeah, recently they changed the whole system, which has actually been kind of causing kind of like a controversy because they just took away like bikini from like the Miss side. So the teens, of course, never had a bikini. But like this is like the second year in like a hundred years where the Miss America pageant doesn't have, or actually they say scholarship competition now, where it doesn't have a bikini portion. We also have the interview on stage now, which is really kind of strange. Yeah, it's very different. And they had cut out the evening gown portion for a little bit, but I think they just realized that maybe that would be weird because then it's just like a talent show <laughs> with, with like an interview, but. Oh, wait. So as in, everybody is yeah. interviewed yeah so now they, they still have the private interview but i think mm -hmm. now they also have like an additional interview that's sort of based off of what you said in your private interview you also have to do a presentation now on your platform i'm i'm sure you i think your organization also has you have a platform statement of some sort right yeah, and I think that's the statement that appears on their released magazine oh, or something okay. like that. Yeah, so basically the platform statement now, you also have to present 
what's almost like it's almost like a PowerPoint, but you put it's like shown behind you, and then you have a minute and a half to almost make like a business pitch to the judges. Oh my goodness! Your plan, yeah, it's so different now. It's strange, but but yeah, that's the organization now. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know if they've made any changes. All I know is that the year that I did it, which was twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, they took out bikini for the teens and then Mm -hmm. they replaced it with just sportswear but then they're still doing bikini for the misses i believe okay i can see that so which kind of makes sense yeah and and um i think everything is probably kept the same but i do know that like on stage um sometimes they do random but sometimes they do like i think top three they specifically do like questions based off on their answers from their interview nice. so which is pretty cool and but also like <laughs> really nerve-wracking like, nerve-wracking at the moment. exactly exactly I, th- I think um like i i'm even at fault too well like i used to watch pageants sometimes and you know when you see them on stage you're like oh my god i could have like, i can't believe she said that for her answer um like what was she thinking but in reality it's such a stressful situation that uh, i think all the stigmas and what everyone has everyone has these preconceived notions unless they were actually in this sort of competition but like it's it's so much more stressful and nerve-wracking and requires so much more preparation than a lot of people think and it's actually like such a good experience in terms of being prepared for interviews and just like life situations yeah no i i totally believe that like I mean, obviously, you know, you won the title for a reason. So I'm I'm sure like there was a good presentation on your part. And like for me, like I know that I I kind of played it off that way, too. Like, yeah, I was in the you know, Mm -hmm. I was trying it out and um, it was fun and everything. Mm -hmm. But I think like I thought of the performance as, eh, you know, like I'll do fine. I'll just kind of kind of Mm -hmm. wing it and but like after the fact I realized Mm -hmm. like this is why people have pageant coaches and um (laughs) practice their walks and stuff like that's not easy especially with six inch heels (laughs) um no yeah definitely but at the same time like the I like that mindset of just like sort of winging it um because you can definitely tell when someone's been coached like to the point of everything being like pre-rehearsed or like prepared for them or when someone's being genuine and like actually just responds from like their beliefs so I enjoy I really appreciate that outlook on it too yeah I think like um definitely learning experience though still like I learned things about myself but I also learned things about you just pageantry because like you said there's a lot of stereotypes and stigma around pageants like I mean Miss Congeniality yeah. kind of probably talks about that, yeah, but just like, yeah, right? I, I love that movie so much more. <laughs> yeah, you appreciate that so much more. Yeah, like just how like um, looks, you know, drive the competition or pageant girls just can't make a difference, which totally think is false. Um, and just like how you were saying, like, I think you were saying that through the Kupu and the organization, you were able to make um like create steps to make an impact on like with exactly. your platform exactly yeah that was a really great experience um and i was able to use kupu's motto which is learn serve restore and 
I was able to use that as my platform statement. Mm -hmm. So that was really great because I was just so immersed in in that mindset for like the past six months. And then I immediately went into the scholarship competition or the pageant. Um, So it really worked out in my favor. That was all just really good timing. But even if I Mm -hmm. hadn't done it that way, just that experience alone, no matter like the outcome, even if I hadn't won, I would have still entered into it because I met the most talented and like thoughtful other young women. And it was just, it was great. And, and to not look at it as a competition was really important. I had a really good director and she said to us, um, if you're going into this expect or looking to win, then you've already lost. Oh yeah. And I thought that was really important. Yeah. Because like really we're not competing against each other, but it's really just an individual competition, making sure you're doing the best that you can possibly do. Ah, there's see, no regrets. After actually, that. after winning, I had to go to Florida for Miss America. Do you have any, like, specific memories? And I don't know if this is a specific memory, but just, like, that entire experience was something that like, there's no other experience like it. It's just you meet, like, a, a person from every single state, and you're just with them constantly for a week. Um, and we had to wake up every morning at, like, 4, and then we would go to sleep, like, 11 or midnight, but you just constantly on and having to be having to have such a high energy oh my goodness and then like being able to perform at your peak level all the time it was kind of stressful but a really great experience and I can now say that like if I travel somewhere I'll know at least one person in that state um it's not necessarily a specific experience but just yeah that overall experience for me was really interesting because I don't think I'll have anything similar to that Uh in any other setting Yeah, they explain it kind of like a sisterhood that kind of lasts forever. Yeah, exactly. I don't necessarily talk to all of them every day, but like when I hear a state now, like I I have a face for it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's kind of mm-hmm, funny. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. uh, we... But it was really, it was just so nice. I'm really glad that um, like you had that experience because like, and that you could speak about it too, like in such a such a positive light so that others can understand the pageantry world a little bit more because you know not everybody is going to um apply for a pageant and even if they want to some some might not have the opportunity because I don't know about you but it was really expensive I remember just having to apply for everything and um prepare for everything but um even though you know you had a lot of great memories and stuff like what would you say is like the biggest con of of going through the pageantry process if there is any Mm, yeah this the money thing is definitely can definitely be one of the cons i was lucky to like have just people that supported me that were really thrifty (laughs) so i was able Mm -hmm. to like get my evening gown gifted by uh like a mutual friend who had entered she Mm -hmm. was actually in the usa program her name is elise um, but she gifted me like one of her old evening gowns and helped me a little through the process. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have to like pay a coach, but I was able to like, get mutual friends and supporters to like, help me prepare. But this, the money thing can definitely be a con, um, as well as even though it's a scholarship competition, it is a pageant and there are always going to be people that, um, sort of support that mm-hmm. negative stigma of, 
looks looks are everything so although like when I had one or even just preparing for it although I was trying to practice confidence I was at the same time very insecure like that was one of my more Mm -hmm. insecure moments in my life and just being able to deal with that and to always step above it and remember to practice confidence is important because it's definitely a, a con to feel that your looks are what defines you and your importance but that's something that can definitely be avoided by finding the right support group and not getting caught up in the negative side of what the competition can be sometimes Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that yeah. um, I was the shortest one, I'm pretty sure, or maybe like... Oh, me mom. too. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, how God. tall are you? Yeah, that was my... That's I'm 5'1". <laughs> I'm 5'1 and 3 fourths, if that counts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm feeling like, when I'm feeling kind of edgy, then I say 3 fourths, but really, I'm barely 5'1". <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, that was one of my hugest insecurities and even still to this day. But when I'm like in the competition, I'm there's no bigger moment where I'm reminded of my vertical challenge. And that's, yeah, I, I totally <laughs> feel you on that. I've never heard anyone <laughs> say it like that. Yeah, I'm vertically challenged. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like um, this is something that I thought of the other day, just like you know i love that we're slowly becoming more mm-hmm. diverse in the pageantry world and just in general but that was one of the things like height yeah, like i would love to see yeah. it you know i would love to see that i being, totally agree um more of a thing in in future yeah normalized in future competitions yeah that's a battle i'm constantly fighting with myself <laughs> but i totally agree i would love one day just to see it like a bunch of just uh-huh. like short women, <laughs> yeah, standing tall, <laughs> standing tall with confidence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think the six inch heels like definitely added to the help the confidence a little bit at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think I am working on embracing myself without those six inches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good. That's a good uh, goal to have. <laughs> So I did not prepare you for this ahead of time, but I would love for you to share your biggest life tip or quote, uh, anything that's on the top of your head or something that just resonates with you personally. This is a quote by Bob Marley, (laughs) but this is something that I always have to remind myself. I definitely believe in really strongly. He says, the day you stop racing is the day you win the race. Um, So I just think in especially like the climate that we're in today socially there's just a lot of hyperposed 
lifestyles or we all think that it's a race but in reality it's we all have to take things at our own pace and it's not much of a lesson but i think it's definitely a tip that i myself need to or find really important and hopefully someone else will i love that yeah i would definitely leave those in the show notes too for anyone to like reference that thank you uh do you I, I guess, like, at this point, since we're um, almost done, do you want to share mm-hmm. your Instagram or social media handle? You can you can do that right now. Yeah, sure. My Instagram is Maya Mayashiro. That's at M-A-I-A-M-A-Y-E-S-H-I-R-O. And I have a YouTube. I'm kind of trying to start. But uh, we'll, we'll see how far that goes. But it's my first and last name again, Maya Mayashiro. Feel free to check that out. I'm hopefully gonna post more frequently, but that's where I'm hoping to put all my music eventually. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool to be on Spotify and stuff like that too. And I'll definitely add those in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for, you know, putting in your time for this. And it was really nice talking to you. Like actual, like have a one-on-one conversation. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you for having me.